Hi, and welcome to my podcast, Raw Chatter, the stuff that matters. It's Vicky Midwood here, the alcohol addiction and disordered eating eliminator, author, and of course, podcaster. And this is episode five. And today I'm talking about suicide and suicidal thinking. So there was an interview that was on Monday night. Some people saw it, I think, in America on Sunday. Uh, that was Meghan Markle and her husband, the Prince, Harry himself, being interviewed by Oprah Winfrey. And I am not going to talk about uh, whether anything that was said was um, done for show or whatever else. That's not what I'm here to talk about. What was brought up was how Megan said that she felt being in the environment that she was in and the incredible pressures being put on by how she felt she was supposed to act, behave and almost think and feel too. And this is something that is really important that we address because suicide itself is often deemed to be an incredibly selfish thing and it's all well and good for people to judge what other people decide to do without having a full story without knowing the full picture and certainly without understanding just how that person was feeling and what they were dealing with both before they decided to actually go ahead and do it but usually years and sometimes decades prior to that. We can all stand on the outside and make judgments about what we think is right or wrong. And you may often hear a statement that follows when, when you hear that somebody has committed suicide of, of you know it being so selfish and didn't they think of the family? Well, they probably did a lot think about the family and believed that probably the family would be better off without them. Now that's hard for someone to take on and to, to think maybe true that that's how another person felt because that in and of itself, you can take on board to mean that there is something wrong with the family as a, as a whole. And maybe there is, and maybe there isn't. But ultimately it's down to that person, the person who did commit suicide, it's down to them and how they felt. And I can assure you, as somebody who has tried to commit suicide three times myself, who had a mum who committed, who tried to commit suicide at least once that I know of, and potentially I think she probably did more than that, but we just didn't realise or, or find out. And a dad who actually did commit suicide and end of story, right? He did commit suicide, didn't just try, he did it. Um, do I believe that he was selfish in his actions? Absolutely not. I know why he chose to do it. And I, and I completely understand what his thought process was because we had spoken about where he was at in himself, his emotional state, what he knew his potential future was looking like, extraordinarily bleak. And he did not want to keep burdening his family because as it was where he was at, that's exactly what he felt he was doing. And he was not wrong. He was not wrong in his thoughts on that. So to turn around and say, 
he was selfish in his actions. I have to say I completely disagree. Now, obviously, it's a family member and I know him and I understood exactly what was going on. I knew the state of his health and, and absolutely knew that it was not going to get any better and it was definitely going to get significantly worse. Did I want to see him suffer? No. Did I think it was an incredibly brave thing to do to take his life in the way that he did? Absolutely. Um, and I have nothing but amazing admiration for his tenacity in, in going ahead with it because I, I couldn't. I completely failed and I'm glad that I did. But in his circumstances, failure was not an option because surviving would have been so much worse for him. And my point of me telling you this is not because I want anybody to go, oh no, you poor thing or whatever. That is not it. The point of it is, is that I want you to understand that we can't know people's reasons. But if we can talk about it, we can talk about how they are feeling, how they are thinking, what is going through their head, how they are perceiving things, how they are interpreting things around them, then the chances are that we can help to understand a little bit better. Does that mean that it's our job then to make a judgment and, and try and stop them not necessarily, but I think it definitely makes a big difference if the person knows that they are being heard, that they are being listened to without judgment, without somebody telling them that they shouldn't be thinking this way or, or it's wrong in some way. Because that in and of itself is just going to add fuel to the fire of them feeling pretty desolate and pretty desperate at the same time. So although we may feel that in some way thinking like that is very selfish, what I can tell you is you cannot possibly feel somebody else's feelings. You don't know what it feels like for them. None of us do. What we don't have the power yet to do is to get inside somebody else's head and really understand how their thinking and thought processes work. We don't have their experiences in life. We don't have their upbringing. We don't have their interpretations and perceptions of the world around them. And we haven't had their history. So we need to just listen to what is being said. How people are feeling is something that we can't always orate very well. I know I didn't know what I was feeling when I was in rehab and, and we had to go around the room and you had to put your hand up and or stand up and say, you know, my name is Vicky Midwood. I am an alcoholic and today I am feeling. And honestly, words like fine and OK would come to mind because I didn't have the language. I didn't have the skills to be able to say in words what I was feeling inside. And when I talk about feeling inside, I'm not just talking about the sensation, but I am as well, because there are physical feelings that we can have, and they're not to be dismissed. Pain, for example, is a physical feeling that can then bring on an emotional state that makes you really contemplate suicide because it seems to be the only way to get free of constant pain. Now, unless you have lived 
with constant chronic pain day in day out night in night out where you're not getting any amount of sleep or decent sleep you know for years or even decades you can't comprehend how that makes you feel emotionally mentally never mind how it feels all of the time to not have any release or relief from it so the point of me doing this podcast is to say please don't judge anybody if they say that they have thought of suicide because what that does is tell you how desperately low and how unhappy that they have been or currently are in their circumstances and the way that they perceived their future to be. And I know for me, I couldn't even imagine what a future could potentially look like without me using alcohol to survive. Why? Because I, I had no point of reference. I'd not done it. I didn't know how to do it. I just knew that I I couldn't bear to live the way that I was, but I didn't know how to get to an alternative. I didn't know who to ask. I didn't know how to ask for help. I definitely thought to some degree that asking for help was a sign of weakness, even though I knew on a logical level it actually isn't and wasn't. It's a sign of strength. But what if I asked the wrong people? What if I was given the wrong advice? What if it was worse than better? What then? How would I deal with it then? So rather than me finding out and going down the wrong path, I didn't do anything. And because I didn't do anything, thankfully for me, the universe stepped in and provided a set of circumstances whereby I was offered an opportunity to put down alcohol and and I grabbed it with both hands because I knew I was ready. I just didn't know how to do it. And this is often the case for a lot of people who are having suicidal thoughts. They actually don't want to kill themselves. But what they don't want more than anything is to stay feeling as they are in this place that they are. And I know I've spoken to people who because of the circumstances that they were in, because of the home life that they had, because of maybe the partner that they were with or the family members that, that were around them, they felt helpless to be able to change things. A lot of the time because of how they would be judged by others. If it was a partner and they knew that the best thing to do was to get out of the marriage, there was always that, but how will it affect the other person? And what will my family members do? To the extent that that person stayed in the marriage and had counseling and they still continued to suffer and still continued to have those suicidal thoughts and their partner was also still unhappy. And yet the outside influences and forces were to be, no, keep working on this, you can work through it. Well, you know, sometimes you just have to say no. This is not the right person for you. You're not right for each other. You're, the circumstances that you're living in, whether it's the country or the home or where you are, are not right for you. Maybe it's your job. Maybe you're feeling an incredible sense of pressure to produce work or to be something that you are not. Maybe you created masks and a persona and those masks and that persona are, are now beating you up 
both mentally and physically because you're just not managing it and you cannot see how you can leave that job or just where even are there alternatives or possibilities for you in the future and so the thought of staying where you're at is unbearable but not knowing how to change it is also unbearable and so your brain will go to those thoughts of suicide one thing that i want to point out and this is really important is the way that our brain actually functions and over and above all things we've got kind of three parts to our brain if you like reptilian brain which is the oldest part of the brain which is purely and simply there to make sure that we survive as as human beings and the human race so it means that we keep on eating and we keep on reproducing and we stay safe then you've got the mammalian brain, which wants us to be connected and, and to communicate and to, to have some sense of uh, belonging and love and feeling cherished. And then we finally have the youngest part of the brain, which is our, our kind of human brain or our logical brain. Now, ultimately, it's the reptilian brain that rules the show. And over and above anything, I've just said, it wants you to survive. And this is why so few people do actually go through the actions of committing suicide. And the most important thing is that you need to listen when somebody says they are having those thoughts. Not tell them that they are, they're just being silly or they're overreacting. It's serious if somebody actually comes out and says those words. We cannot trivialize people's feelings. Feelings are not right or wrong. They're not good or bad. But the feelings that we have can definitely change our energy and the way that we view ourselves and our world and our possibilities. And so we just need to be an ear and listen to people who are struggling. And if we can, point them in the direction of someone who may be better equipped than we are to help them, then that is my opinion, that we should do that as soon as possibly, as soon as is humanly possible. If they are open to being helped by somebody who is more equipped. Now, there are helplines out there, there is Samaritans out there, but there are also helplines for gamblers who feel that, you know, they've got in so deep that suicide for them feels like the only option. There are also, there's also help, people like me can help people who have got issues with alcohol and with food who feel that they're just never going out of the, the hole of the addictive cycle that they are in. And, and I can help people to work through just what is going on for them as far as how they're feeling and how they're thinking. The same applies to drug addiction. The same applies to many other things, whether it's relationships. You can literally Google helplines and crisis helplines are there. Samaritans are there. It's specific issues if you know that that's your thing those are there if you have got a diagnosis of an illness and and it's terminal and you know you need to talk to somebody about how you're feeling because you don't want to live with the pain or you don't want your family to see you suffering and you don't want them to remember you as a shell of a person and not the person that you are now these are all real thoughts these are not attention seeking and if that is you or it is somebody that you know, 
please, please urge them to speak out. Speak to someone, whether it's on the end of a phone or whether it's face-to-face via their GP, if they feel that that's the way to go. But please, please, if you are listening and you're having suicidal thoughts, please don't label yourself as, as a bad person or a selfish person or as a broken person or somebody who is mentally unhinged. Just know that the pressure of life and the way that you're feeling and thinking just needs to be talked about with somebody who will listen. I hope that's been really helpful to you folks. And if you do want to reach out to me um, with any issues around your thoughts and feelings about your eating, about your body size, shape, about alcohol, um, and you just want to speak to somebody who is non-judgmental, who will just listen to what you have to say, please do get in touch. My details and information are below here. So on this Sunday, Mother's Day in March 2021, I just want to say I hope that you have a good day. Without judgment, I wish you peace and I wish you health. Please let's talk about the stuff that may seem raw. Let's talk about the stuff that other people are not talking about because this stuff matters. I've been Vicky Midwood, the Alcohol Addiction and Disordered Eating Eliminator, and this has been Raw Chatter, the stuff that matters. Thanks for listening.